0: Section fifty of the Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Rise and Fall of the Confederate Government, Volume two by Jefferson Davis. Part four, Chapter fifty seven, a Final Subjugation of the Confederate States Continued. Slaves declared free by military commanders in North Carolina. Provisional governor. Convention. Military commander. Governor-elect turned out. His protest. Members of Congress admitted. Proceedings in South Carolina. Arrest of Judge Aldrich. Military reversal of sentence of the court. Post commanders. Jurors. Proceedings in Georgia. President's plan. Plan of Congress enforced. Other events. Proceedings in Florida. Rival conventions. Plan of Congress enforced. Proceedings in Alabama. Suspension of Bishop Wilmer by the military commander. Military authority. Action of Congress. Proceedings in Mississippi. Constitutionality of the Act of Congress before the Supreme Court. Remarks of Chief Justice Chase. Military arrests. Removals. The Chief Justice of the State resigns. The so-called Constitution rejected. Ames appointed governor. Proceedings in Louisiana. Plan of Congress enforced. Other measures. Arkansas. Texas. Texas. Opinion of the United States Attorney General on military commanders Consequences that followed the measures of Congress Increase in state debts Increase in frauds and crimes Examples Investigating committees of Congress The unalienable rights of man The sovereignty of the people and the supremacy of law gone. In the preceding chapter the reader will find a narration of the series of measures adopted by the government of the united states to complete the final subjugation of the state of virginia the same series was applied in the same order to each of the confederate states it is therefore unnecessary to repeat the narration of these details in their application to the other states but there were some concurrent incidents and some flagrant outrages in each one which should be stated in order to afford a full and comprehensive view of the universal denial of unalienable personal rights the destruction of civil institutions the disregard of laws and the cruel and ignominious treatment inflicted by the authority of the government of the united states upon individuals in every part of the southern country in north carolina immediately on the cessation of hostilities the federal general issued an order declaring that all persons heretofore held in the state as slaves are now free and that it is the duty of the army to maintain the freedom of such persons another order was then issued defining and regulating the relations of the freedmen and whites president johnson issued his proclamation on may twenty-ninth, appointing a provisional governor w w holden as in the case of virginia on August 8th, the governor issued his proclamation for an election of delegates to a state constitutional convention on September 12th, and stated who would be permitted to vote in the manner of election. The election was held, and the so-called convention assembled on October 2nd, 1865. Its first act declared the uninterrupted existence of the state in the Union, and that the ordinance of cessation was null and void. The next prohibited slavery. The payment of the debt contracted during the war by any future legislator was forbidden the repeal of the cessation ordinance and the prohibition of slavery were ratified by the people an election for state officers and members of congress was held in november and those who had taken the amnesty oath were the voters the so-called legislature-elect held a session and ratified the amendment to the united states constitution prohibiting slavery on december 23rd the governor-elect worth was inaugurated and the provisional governor retired acknowledging worth to be the legal and loyal governor thus the state was subjugated on the plan of president johnson the affairs of the state were thus conducted until the military acts of congress went into operation and on march twenty third eighteen sixty seven major general sickles issued his order assuming command on April 11th, he issued an order for the relief of debtors by prohibiting imprisonment for debt and ordering the stay of all proceedings for the collection of debts for 12 months. Writs of execution issuing out of the United States Circuit Court were not allowed to be served by the military commander at Wilmington. The question was taken to the Attorney General at Washington, and General Sickles appeared in his own defense. It was decided by the acting Attorney General to be simply a case of high misdemeanor legally contemplated. General Sickles was removed, and Major General Canby succeeded. The state registration was completed, in October, and it contained the names of 103,060 whites and 71,657 blacks. The so-called election for a convention was held in November and the convention assembled on February fourth, 1868. The Bill of Rights adopted contained similar clauses to the one adopted by the Virginia Convention. The Constitution was ratified, and state officers, members of the legislature, and representatives to Congress were elected on April 23rd. The votes for the Constitution was 93,118, against it 74,109. The so-called Republicans had a majority of 70 on joint ballot in the legislature. The state officers elected under the plan of President Johnson had continued in the peaceful administration of their duties therefore in the day of the inauguration of the newly elected governor holden the existing governor worth made a spirited protest saying i do not recognize the validity of the late election under which you and those cooperating with you claim to be invested with civil government of the state you have no evidence of your election save the certificate of a major general of the united states army i regard all of you as in effect appointees of the military power of the united states and not as deriving your powers from the consent of those you claim to govern Knowing, however, that you are backed by military force here, which I could not resist if I would, I do not deem it necessary to offer a futile opposition, but vacate the office without the ceremony of actual eviction, offering no further opposition than this, my protest. I would submit to actual expulsion in order to bring before the Supreme Court of the United States the question as to the constitutionality of the legislation under which you claim to be the rightful governor of the state. If the past action of that tribunal furnished any hope of a speedy trial i surrender the office to you under what i deem military duress without stopping as the occasion would well justify to comment on the singular coincidence that the present state government is surrendered as without legality to him whose own official sanction but three years ago declared it valid i am very respectfully jonathan worth governor of north carolina the so-called legislature assembled on the appointed day, and the 14th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States was at once ratified, and on July eleventh, eighteen 1868, the President announced by proclamation that North Carolina had complied with the conditions prescribed by Congress for her restoration to an equal place in the Union of States. In South Carolina, proceedings were commenced on June twentieth, eighteen 1865, when President Johnson issued a proclamation similar to the one in the case of Virginia and appointed benjamin f perry as provisional governor of the state he continued all persons in office on taking the amnesty oath and all laws enforced prior to the secession of the state were maintained except those conflicting with the proclamation delegates to a so-called state convention were elected on the first monday of september and the convention assembled on the thirteenth to amend the state constitution the ordinance of secession was repealed and slavery abolished Blacks were made witnesses in all cases where the rights or property of persons of that class were involved. An election of state officers and a so-called legislature were held. The latter convened on October 25th. The 13th Amendment to the Constitution of the United States prohibiting slavery was ratified. On November twenty-ninth, the provisional governor retired and the so-called governor-elect, or, was inaugurated. The work of the legislature was very complete the courts were open to all persons with equal civil rights without distinction of color and major general sickles commander of the military department of north carolina and south carolina ordered all civil and criminal cases to be tried before them in which the parties were civilians previous to this order and after the cessation of hostilities provost marshals and military courts were detailed for duty all over the state these officers knew only the law marshal and generally very little of that and took jurisdiction of all cases, both civil and criminal, occasioning great annoyance, expense, and vexation, deciding as their prejudice, caprice, or ignorance suggested. After the completion of the so-called state government, however, the vacancies on the bench were filled and the courts opened throughout the state. Still the people were made to feel that the military hand was over all. A case occurred in the court in Charleston before Judge A. P. Aldrich, in which a white man was indicted for petty larceny, tried and found guilty the punishment prescribed by the law of the state for this offense was whipping to this punishment the offender was sentenced on the next day an armed soldier came to the courthouse inquiring for the judge who was absent to an inquiry of the sheriff as to his business he replied that he was ordered to require the judge to report at General Bennett's headquarters who was the military commander of the district on the next day another soldier in full uniform came to the lodgings of the judge with a note from the general requesting the former to report at headquarters the reply of the judge was as i have no business with you i decline to report if you have business with me it will give me great pleasure to receive you on the next day an adjutant appeared saying the general is very much engaged and asks you to come to his office i will wait your convenience i see i am under arrest replied the judge i will go now the adjutant in full uniform escorted him through the most public parts of the city to headquarters and entering the office announced him the general was sitting with his cap on and writing after some time having finished he looked up and said sit down adding that was a curt note you sent to me yesterday no sir answered the judge i intended it to be respectful but as i had no business with you i did not see why i should be required to come to your office do you dispute the authority of the united states government asked the general tartly no sir i am here in obedience to that authority but i have always supposed that as a mere matter of courtesy when one gentleman has business with another he calls on him as a matter of etiquette i believe a judge of the superior court of a state is equal in rank to a brevet brigadier general we will not discuss the question of rank replied the general but general sickles requests you to revoke your sentence of the other day and impose some other penalty the judge replied i do not impose the penalty it is the law and i have no discretion he then explained the law and said there was no relief except by a pardon of the governor or by taking the prisoner out of custody of the sheriff a few days after the prisoner was taken from the custody of the sheriff and discharged the proceeding was brought to the knowledge of the so-called governor who applied to general sickles to suspend his order but the latter declined whereupon the judge then at columbia to hold the court of the circuit declared that he would adjourn the court and not proceed on his circuit that he would not go through the farce of holding a court when judgments and sentences could be arrested and prevented by military order he then adjourned the court and passed an order refusing to hold courts while the military order was in force general sickles also issued an order reversing a judgment of the supreme court the president about the same time countermanded a like order of the general in north carolina and the judge resumed his duties under the act of Congress of March 2nd, 1867, the state was divided into 10 military districts and a post commander appointed for each. All local officers who were regularly elected by the people were to be appointed by these commanders. Military orders were issued from time to time containing social regulations, etc. One on the subject of criminal arrests and trials required all sheriffs, marshals, and police officers to report to the provost, marshal, general of the district their names, residence, official station, salary, and the authority by which they were appointed, also to investigate and report all particulars of any crime committed to the provost marshal general, setting forth name, residence, and description of the offender with the nature of the offense, and steps taken to secure punishment. Sheriffs were directed to make a full report of the condition of all jails and prisons within their jurisdiction. All civil officers in charge of any jail, prison, or workhouse were required to make full monthly reports of each inmate under their care. All sheriffs, constables, and police officers were required to obey and execute the lawful orders of the provost, marshal, general, to the same effect as they are required by law to obey and execute writs, warrants, or other process issued by civil magistrates. And any resistance or refusal to execute the same subjected the offender to trial by military commission details of the plan to be followed in making the registration were fully laid down and the order then contained the following instructions boards will take notice that according to section ten of the act of july nineteenth eighteen sixty seven they are not to be bound in their action by any opinion of any civil officer of the united states boards are instructed that all the provisions of the several acts of congress cited are to be liberally construed to the end that all the intents thereof be fully and perfectly carried out it is made the duty of the commanding general to remove from office all persons who are disloyal to the governor of the United States or who use their official influence in any manner to hinder, delay, prevent, or obstruct the due and perfect administration of the Reconstruction Acts. On September fifth, eighteen 1867, Major General Canby took command. General Sickles, on announcing his retirement, said, the undersigned avails himself of the occasion to acknowledge the fidelity and zeal with which the officers and troops under his command have discharged their duties the question of the qualification of jurors now became important general canby issued an order on september thirteenth which required the jurors to be drawn from the qualified voters which included the newly emancipated slaves the judges met and sent a respectful request to the general to change the order to conform to the law of the state by the jury law, as it then stood, no person was qualified to serve as a juror unless he was a free white man twenty-one years of age. The judges were sworn to enforce this law in the Constitution of the State. No notice was taken of the application. At the next court in Edgefield, Judge Aldrich, charging the grand jury, brought to their notice the order, the law, and the Constitution, and the oath of office, and then declared he could, not, and would not obey the order on going to open the court a few days after the adjutant of the post delivered to him a military order suspending him from office he proceeded and opened the court read the order and stated the circumstances and laying aside his gown directed the sheriff to let the court stand adjourned while justice is stifled the major-general appointed another judge to the vacancy the registration of voters was completed in the middle of october and amounted to forty six thousand three hundred forty six whites and 78,982 blacks. The vote on a state convention was taken on November 19th and 20th and resulted for the convention 130 whites and 68,876 blacks, against the convention 2,801 whites. The delegates were 34 whites and 63 blacks. The convention assembled on January 14th, 1868. The Bill of Rights contained provisions similar to that of Virginia, and the Constitution was made to conform to the will of Congress. The ratification of the Constitution and the election of state officers and a legislature took place on April fourteenth, 15, and sixteenth, eighteen 1868. The vote for the Constitution was 70,758, against it 27,288, not voting but registered 35,551. The legislature, with a majority of 48 blacks, assembled on July 6th, the 14th Constitutional Amendment was adopted and the construction of the State by Congress was completed practically on July thirteenth, 1868. In Georgia, on the cessation of hostilities, the governor issued a proclamation calling a session of the legislature, but the commanding general issued an order declaring the proclamation to be null and void. Another military officer, in a letter to the governor, stated that he was instructed by the President to say to him that the persons who incited the war and carried it on will not be allowed to assemble at the call of their accomplice to act again as the legislature of the state and again usurp the authority and franchises in calling the legislature together again without the permission of the president you have perpetrated a fresh crime and if any person presumes to answer or acknowledge your call he will be immediately arrested the military authorities of the United States then took the control of affairs until the appointment of James Johnson on June 17th by the president as provisional governor of the state, by a proclamation similar to the one issued in the case of Virginia. On July 13th, he issued a proclamation prescribing the regulations for a state convention. Provost Marshals had been stationed all over the state to regulate local affairs, and the laws in force previous to 1861 were ordered to be enforced. Delegates were elected on October 4th, and the so-called State Convention assembled on October 25th. The ordinance of cessation was repealed. The payment of the war debt was prohibited. The emancipation of the slaves was expressly recognized, and a so-called election for state officers, members of the legislature, and of Congress was appointed to be held on November 15th. The legislature assembled on December 4th and unanimously adopted the 13th Amendment to the Federal Constitution prohibiting the existence of slavery charles j jenkins governor-elect was inaugurated and on december nineteenth eighteen sixty five the provisional governor relinquished the conduct of the state affairs to the constituted authorities the freedmen's bureau act and the civil rights act of congress were enforced by the military authorities the state legislature again assembled on november first eighteen sixty six the ratification of the fourteenth amendment to the constitution of the united states was repassed to a joint committee of each house which reported a resolution to refuse to ratify the same in the senate it was adopted unanimously and in the house by a vote of one hundred thirty two to two on april first eighteen sixty six major general john pope assumed command in the third military district containing georgia florida and alabama an unsuccessful effort was made by the state at this time to bring the question of the constitutionality of the Reconstruction Acts of Congress before the Supreme Court. Governor Jenkins took part in the application to the Supreme Court and, while at Washington, issued an address to the people of the state, urging them to take no action under the laws. He was called upon to make an explanation on his return by General Pope, as parts of the address were declared in violation of the military order of the latter. But as the so-called governor had not seen the order, his offense was excused. A mayor and aldermen for Augusta were appointed by General Pope, also the sheriff and deputy for Bartow County, and other officers. An order was issued that jurors should be selected from the list of qualified voters. Judge Reese of Ocmulgee District wrote to General Pope, declaring that, under his oath to sustain the laws, he could not conform to the order. General Pope replied with an attempt to show him that he owed allegiance, first of all, to the authority of the United States, as represented by the military power in the state. The argument was of no avail, and the judge was prohibited from holding court. The registration of votes was completed early in September. The number registered was 188,647, and the whites had a majority of about 2,000. The election of delegates to the state convention took place from October twenty-ninth to November 3rd. Of the delegates, 133 were whites and 33 blacks. The convention assembled on December 13th and soon adjourned to January eighth, 1868. Meantime, Major General Meade had relieved General Pope as military commander. The convention, before this adjournment, ordered the comptroller to levy a tax to pay its expenses and directed the state treasurer to advance $40,000 for its pay and mileage. The ordinance was sent to the treasurer, endorsed with instructions from General Pope to pay. The Treasurer refused to advance the money as he was prohibited by the Constitution to do so except on the warrant of the Governor. General Meade requested the Governor to issue the warrant. He replied that the Constitution forbade any money to be drawn from the Treasury except on an appropriation whereupon General Meade removed both officers and appointed others. The provisions required by the Acts of Congress were adopted in the so-called new Constitution. At the same time certain provisions were inserted which were intended to afford relief to the people. The convention, therefore, by resolution, requested General Meade to require the courts to enforce them, until the state was restored to its regular relations with the United States and the state organization was in full force. An order was, therefore, issued by the general requiring the courts and officers of the state government to enforce the provisions in all respects, the same as if they had regularly taken effect. One of the judges, having refused to comply with this order, was removed by General Meade. The so-called election on the Constitution and four state officers in legislature and members of Congress was held on April twentieth and following days. The state constitution was declared to be ratified. Rufus W. Bullock, the so-called Republican candidate, was declared to be elected governor by a majority of 7,000 votes. The legislature assembled on July fourth, 1868, with three senators and 25 representatives who were Negroes. The 14th Amendment to the Federal Constitution was adopted, and all the conditions of Congress were fulfilled, and on July 28, 1868, she was declared to be restored to the Union. Subsequently, it appeared that the State Convention had made no provision which could be construed as expressly giving the black man a right to hold office, and all these members were expelled from the legislature. The matter was taken up by Congress, and the state was not fully recognized as in the Union until 1870. The proceedings in Florida commenced with the usual proclamation of President Johnson. It was issued on july thirteenth eighteen sixty five and appointed William Marvin provisional governor of the state on august third he issued a proclamation prescribing such rules and regulations as were deemed necessary for the choice of members of a so-called state constitutional convention and appointed october tenth for the day of election and october twenty fifth as the day on which the delegates should meet. They annulled the secession ordinance, passed an ordinance prohibiting slavery, with a preamble in these words, whereas, slavery has been destroyed in this state by the government of the United States, therefore, etc. Another ordinance declared void the liabilities contracted for the war. Freedmen were made competent witnesses in any matter wherein a colored person was concerned. An election of state officers, of the members of the legislature, and of representatives in Congress was ordered to be held on november twenty ninth and the legislature were required to meet on december eighteenth governor david s walker was inaugurated on december twenty first and on january eighteenth eighteen sixty six the provisional governor surrendered the conduct of the state to the so-called constitutional authorities at this session of the legislature the lower house unanimously refused to ratify the fourteenth amendment to the constitution of the united states the military rule which has prevailed in local affairs was relaxed on april twenty seventh eighteen sixty six and all civilians under military arrest were turned over to the civil authorities for trial on april first eighteen sixty seven major-general pope assumed command under the act of congress of march second on june eighteenth a superintendent of registration was appointed and the conditions for the registration of voters were prescribed the result of the registration was 11,148 whites and 15,434 blacks. The election of delegates to the so-called State Constitutional Convention was held on November 14th, 15th, and 16th, and on January 20th, 1868, the convention assembled and contained 17 blacks as members. A disgraceful quarrel arose in the convention and 20 members absented themselves. The 21 remaining claimed to be a quorum and formed a constitution and adjourned the absentees then returned and with three or four from the other side organized and proceeded to form a constitution the others appeared and claimed their seats great disorder prevailed but by the intervention of major-general Meade and by putting in the chair his sub commander some degree of order was restored and such an arrangement effected that the second constitution was completed all the requisite measures under it were adopted and on june twenty ninth the surrender of the so-called government of the state by the military power of the united states to the civil authority was made the political quarrel continued long afterward in alabama the proclamation of president johnson was issued on june twenty first eighteen sixty five by which lewis c parsons was appointed provisional governor and the usual proceedings prescribed on july twentieth the governor issued a proclamation which renewed the powers of the persons holding the township offices in the state called a state constitutional convention to assemble on september tenth and reordained the civil and criminal laws except those relating to slaves as they existed previous to eighteen sixty one and prescribed other regulations a peaceful election was held and the delegates to the so-called convention assembled and took an oath to support the constitution of the united states and the Union thereof, and all proclamations relative to the emancipation of slaves. Slavery was prohibited, the war debt declared void, and the cessation ordinance repealed. An election for state officers, members of the legislature, and representatives in Congress was ordered on the first Monday of November. The new Constitution was not submitted to a vote of the people on account of the delay it would occasion. Robert M. Patton was elected governor, and the legislature assembled on November 20th. The amendment to the Constitution of the United States prohibiting the existence of slavery was ratified, and on December eighteenth, 1865, the provisional governor surrendered the conduct of the affairs of the state to the governor-elect. During the existence of the Confederate government, the Protestant Episcopal Church South was established, and the prayer for the President of the United States and in all civil authority in the Book of Common Prayer was changed to one for the Confederate authorities. Upon the restoration of the authority of the United States, the prayer for the President was omitted altogether by the recommendation of Bishop Wilmer, whereupon Major General Woods issued an order by which the Bishop and all his clergy in the Diocese of Alabama were suspended from their functions and forbidden to preach or perform divine service. This order was subsequently set aside by President Johnson. At the session of the legislature in November 1866, the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution was rejected by an overwhelming majority. On assuming command of the 3rd Military Division under the Act of Congress of March 2nd, 1867, Major General Pope assigned Major General Swain to the administration of the Military Reconstruction Bill in Alabama. On April 18th, the order directing the proceedings and the registration of voters was issued. Special instructions were issued, as in all the other states, to boards of registers which declared that clerks and reporters of the Supreme Court and inferior courts, and clerks to ordinary county courts, treasurers, county surveyors, receivers of tax returns, tax collectors, tax receivers, sheriffs, justices of the peace, coroners, mayors, recorders, aldermen, councilmen of any incorporated city or town who were ex-officers of the Confederacy and who, previous to the war, occupied these offices and afterward participated in the war, were all disqualified and not entitled to registration meantime the municipal officers were removed in several places and in the city of mobile the police administration was suspended and the maintenance of public order assumed by the commander of the military force finally the chief officers and councilmen of the city were removed and others appointed by the district commander the registration was completed in august and amounted to seventy two thousand seven hundred forty eight whites and eighty eight thousand two hundred forty three blacks the vote on the convention and four delegates was given on the first three days of October. A hundred delegates were chosen, of whom 96 were radicals, 17 of them were blacks. On November 5th, the so-called convention assembled and adopted all the amendments required by the Act of Congress. The election for the ratification of the Constitution for state officers, members of the legislature, and representatives of Congress was held on February 4, 1868 a majority of all the registered vote was required to ratify the constitution which was eighty five thousand the vote cast was seventy five thousand on june twentieth eighteen sixty eight congress passed an act which declared that each of the states of north carolina south carolina georgia florida alabama and louisiana should be admitted to representation when its legislature had ratified the fourteenth amendment to the constitution of the united states and farther Upon the fundamental condition that the Constitution of neither of said states shall ever be so amended or changed as to deprive any citizen or class of citizens of the United States of the right to vote in said state, who are entitled to vote by the Constitution thereof, herein recognized, except as a punishment for crime, etc. The so-called State Legislature, assembled on July 13th, and Articles 13 and 14 as amendments to the Constitution of the United States were ratified. The conduct of the affairs of the state was now transferred by General Meade to the new civil authorities. End of section fifty